Today, I want to present to you a simple but profound concept that has literally changed my life. It's a powerful and thought-provoking challenge from the last few hours of Jesus's life on earth. And I believe it's a key to deeper and more meaningful relationships, not only with Jesus himself, but also your family, your friends, and your community. I hope you'll be encouraged and inspired by listening to episode 34 of the Encouragers United Podcast. In a world that is becoming increasingly sad, depressed, and hopeless, individuals with great hope are needed now more than ever. These inspirational leaders come in the form of teachers, pastors, coaches, and mentors. They possess a deep, abiding faith, an enthusiastic hope, and a passion to build others up. We are the encouragers, and these are our stories. I'm Charlie Grimes, and I'll be your host each week as we meet new people, hear their stories, and inspire you. I want you to learn how to start where you are, take what you have, and do what you can. Subscribe now and you'll never miss an episode of the Encouragers United Podcast. I want to take you to the last few hours of Jesus' life with his disciples, to the Last Supper. Maybe you're familiar with this uh, section of, of the gospel, but it's a powerful time for the disciples and for Christ, obviously, to close his time here, knowing that he would face death, uh, death by a cross. And so during that dinner, uh, a lot transpires. And one of the things that transpires is that Jesus gets up from the table and he takes on the robe and the the towel uh, wraps it around himself like a servant and he begins to wash the feet of his disciples and i come actually from a church tradition where we have practiced this uh ritual this this action towards each other and it's if you've ever done it it's it's very powerful in that it's it's quite humbling and especially for us guys um I'm not a woman, so I don't know if it's uh, a little bit uncomfortable for you ladies, but we have smelly feet, we work, we have boots and socks, and usually uh, right around Easter time, we would do this type of ritual or uh, have a service where we would wash each other's feet, and it's kind of uncomfortable. And that's the concept that I want to talk to you today, and I really want to do a little devotional with you here just based on one verse. It's John chapter 13, verse 8. And I think you'll get what I'm, what I'm going for here. John chapter 13, verse 8 says, No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. What a powerful verse. I can imagine the drama of um, Jesus moving from disciple to disciple, and then suddenly he, he comes to Peter, and Peter says, No way. You are not a servant. You are that. You're the Lord. You're the Son of God. You're the Messiah. There's no way you'll ever wash my feet. And Jesus corrects him though, and he says, "Listen, if I don't do this, 
then you actually have no part with me. And that's a powerful, powerful image. So before we talk about that anymore, I want to tell you a quick story. In the summer of 2017, my youngest daughter, Leah, and I were able to participate in a short-term missions trip through our church. And like many uh, folks that get together in groups, we went to another country. And in this case, it was uh, the city of San Luis, Rio, Colorado. That's a big name for the city, San Luis, Rio, Colorado in Mexico. And it is a city in a desert, uh, basically just across the national border from Yuma, Arizona. That's in the far southern part, obviously, of Arizona. And like I said, it's a desert. It's hot. Nothing grows unless you water it. Uh, And it was a really great but completely new experience for both Leah and I. She had just graduated from high school. And we went together, and it was a wonderful experience. We stayed, actually, uh, at a combined facility, uh, a church and a school uh, that that had partnered there. And the the mission, the ministry, I'll put the link to the mission, uh, actually, in the show notes, but it's called Eli House. And we were there assisting the staff with educational and recreational activities for the children there. Uh, some of us participated in some facility improvements, you know, painting and rebuilding some things like it was a very typical uh, missions, you know, experience. Um, but I'm not a bilingual person in any way. My family even jokes about me trying to pronounce uh, things on the Mexican restaurant uh, menu. And so being immersed in this completely different culture um, was extremely powerful for me uh, as a you know, at the time, a late 40s something uh, man uh, who was established in his career and I was a leader and I'm, you know, obviously a grown, uh, grown man. But I immediately noticed that Uh, the language barrier was going to be extremely uh, difficult for me. Um, While I was there, I simply couldn't communicate. And and I'm a very verbal person. And so that was really powerful for me to have to work through a translator or, you know, have to have help to understand what, what that sign read or, you know, we ate food that was unique. We met people that we'd never, you know, interacted before. And, And many of those people couldn't speak English. We ate so well and and it you know we were taken care of very very well it was in a very poor part of the city but people just un unloaded their gifts and their their love and their hearts Um, the food was prepared by some of the most generous and loving people that you'll ever meet and without even being able to communicate verbally they communicated a great love for us and an admiration for us as americans i slept in a bunkhouse on a bunk bed with you know with all the guys and uh especially lucky for me it was air conditioned because it was so hot um i was very intentional to kind of stash my phone and the laptop and to to just stay away from work and stay away from um the the busyness of social media or facebook or anything i i you know called my wife and communicated about once a day but that was it i spent as much time as i could with the children there with the staff with the leaders of the ministry and i was trying to encourage them um you know so i'm i'm the fancy american gringo you know Uh, i had come to serve them right i had come to be what they needed me to be i was supposed to be the one that had it all together but to be honest i felt very hopeless and helpless in serving them we visited a local landfill 
and we we visited them to give away the food and clothing that had been kind of accumulated by donations to love them to to reach out to this community of the poorest of poor people in this area but even these people served me in really small ways they said thank you and they were genuine they shook my hand we talked about their stories through a translator uh, what they had been through um, and how they ended up there living in the landfill i was amazed that they were surviving they lived in little ramshackle you know shelters that they had built and they were collecting metal and plastic to help sell for you know recycling for just probably pesos and i was challenged about midweek with all of this with a very powerful concept and it it goes back to this verse where peter is actually denying jesus in washing his feet and jesus says listen if i if i'm not if you won't let me do this then we actually can't be in fellowship and and that powerful concept actually just struck me like lightning that week if you won't let me do this then you and i have no part with each other you see i had spent most of my life being the strong one the one who knew the answer the one who was the leader being the one who had it all together as far as you could tell on the outside right and you know in my 50 years of life i've developed quite a bit of skill i i know stuff i'm pretty talented but this experience being uh in a different context completely took all of my confidence and all of my skill and i literally had to let people little children read things for me so that i could understand what was going on i had to ask people where where i could get the simplest things i had to let them serve me and you know i realized that if i didn't allow these people like the local residents from the city or the others even in my group that i was traveling with to serve me with their gifts and talents then i actually wasn't able to authentically share my gifts and talents with them and have the most powerful or effective result that i desired you see my lack of vulnerability with people had become a block to having meaningful relationships with them it was as if god was saying to me if i would allow them to serve me then i could have the ability to serve them but if i would not allow them to serve me then i really wasn't allowed to serve them and this interaction was one of the most humbling realizations that i've ever experienced in my life we read other passages where jesus challenges us to be you know the last that if we want to be first we'll become the last and if we want to be great we'll become the servant of all but i had not yet learned that my gifts of encouragement and enthusiasm they're not just a one-way street it's not just all about me helping you this is the concept that jesus is communicating to peter he says peter if you won't be vulnerable enough to let me do this to let me serve you then you and i actually won't be in fellowship the way we should be and i think peter loses in that equation right <laughs> it's much like a doctor or or even a surgeon who has to perform a surgery on me i have to trust as i drift into a sleep from the anesthesia <laughs> that this person is going to be skilled to cut and to remove and to replace or or restitch me back up in a way that's going to help me if i need to have a tumor removed or my appendix we must trust that that doctor knows what he's doing 
and that he will do, he or she will do exactly what needs to be done. See, we must trust Jesus to serve us with his death, burial, resurrection, to live with his Holy Spirit. And there's something about this interaction that is a key to us then living and serving him and living in community with others. But this absolutely applies to all of our other relationships. How are you allowing those around you, your family, your friends, your fellow church members and neighbors or coworkers to actually express their God-given gifts and talents for you? Are you aware of the fact that Jesus, after taking the position of the servant, washing his disciples' feet, he simply says, now you go and do this same thing for each other. Love others the way that I have loved you. And you see, we block that if we won't let others wash our feet. If we won't let that other person serve us, then we don't have a relationship. And we actually can't authentically and deeply serve them. You see, I've made a career out of finding my identity in working hard and expressing my gifts and serving others and making a difference. But I'm not Christ. I'm a part of a body. You see, I'm a person who has needs and God wants to use other people to minister to me. If you and I really want to make a difference, and I mean really make a difference for Jesus in this world, in our time, in this life, we have to stop we have to take a deep breath and let someone else serve us. Let someone else know about our struggles and our pain. Let them serve us and minister to us to love us. Accepting God's grace and forgiveness by asking Jesus into your heart and to love you where you are is, is one thing, but it doesn't stop there. Those closest to us will be then used by God to continue his work of sanctification and growth and maturity in that fellowship together. I hope this resonates with those of you who are like me. We all have great intentions and high hopes to passionately serve God wherever he calls us. But we don't do that alone. We don't do that in a vacuum. We were created for fellowship, both with God and with others. And so as I close here, let me challenge you with an assignment. Would you take a moment to pray and ask God for the opportunity to see where you may need to acknowledge someone else's love for you and pray then for the grace and humility to let them love you. Allow them to express their gifts and talents into your life. Accept the service that they give you. Thank them for that with little or no duty to pay it back, just to be loved. And you might start to find the contentment in your heart that you've been looking for for a very long time. Stay close to Jesus. Hi, it's Charlie. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the Encouragers United Podcast. I need a favor. I'm trying to grow my podcast and the listenership um, so that I can encourage more people and to expand my reach to attract those that are uh, encouragers in our world. I would like you to do me a favor if you could. Uh, I've done several episodes in lots of different formats, 
but I would love for you to leave me a review uh, and a rating. But in this rating and review, I would like you to give me a secret message as to which type of format of my podcast you like the best. It might be for you to give me a four or five star review and then simply say, I love the way Charlie interviews other, you know, other guests on his show. He's creative and his guests are very informative. That would be a review for you to tell me that you want to hear me do more interviews. However, perhaps you could leave a four or five star review and say, Charlie speaks with wisdom and encouragement. And when he talks, uh, people listen. You know, that would be a way for you to tell me that you like my teaching and that you'd rather just hear me speak. But I would love to get more reviews so that it expands my reach and it informs more people on your on your podcast platforms that my show exists. That way, I think I can expand my reach to more people and encourage more of the encouragers. I really appreciate, again, your support through these. Uh, it's been over a year and a half that I've been working on the podcast, and I'm getting better and better at it, but I'm at a point where I need your help, and that support is very welcomed. Thank you again. <music>